Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is God would truly have us to know from the letter that He wrote to us. Hello and God bless you. Welcome into the study today. We're very glad to have you. Going to be picking it up in the book of Hosea, chapter 10, verse 1. Hosea meaning God's salvation or his, his plan for salvation. How it is that he plans on bringing everybody back that will accept him in these end times as the Antichrist comes in and pulls so many away. And even though he's not here yet in person, there are so many that are falling just right and left for all of the nonsense in the world, all of the just ridiculousness that has happened that looks very holy. It looks like church, but it's nothing but traditions of men, and there's no truth in it. So as we pick it up here in chapter 10, we're going to see that Israel's kind of just giving itself away, more or less. So we ask for clarity and understanding from our Father. In Jesus' name, Hosea chapter 10, verse 1. Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. This empty vine means he's emptied it all out. He brought forth fruit, but then he just gave it all away. According to the multitude of his fruit that he hath, increase the altars. Now these aren't God's altars. These are all the other little altars that they're playing with. According to the goodness of his land, they have made goodly images. They look so holy, and there is wickedness in them. Verse 2, their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. Now, this found faulty, it means they're going to be held guilty. Is what the, it, it, They're guilty of idolatry. Many times in the Bible, you'll see it put as fornication because you've got to go spiritually with this. Christ is our bride. Or we're, we're Christ's bride. He is, he is our husband. And to go messing around with any other religion or any other doctrine is basically fornicating in the spiritual sense against God, against Christ. He shall break down their altars and he shall spoil their images. He's got an end coming. For now they shall say, We have no king, because we fear not the Lord. What then should a king do to us? Now you got to be pretty foolish to say you fear not the Lord. And that fear, that can be translated two ways. That can be afraid of, like fearful of, or revere, to respect. Those who have no respect for God better fear God. That's just right where it's at. Verse 4. They have spoken words, swearing falsely and making a covenant. Thus judgment springeth up as hemlock in the furrows of the field. As hemlock is poison or poppy. So they're going around here and getting all these little religious highs and everything, but it's poison in their soul. 
and they think they're pulling good fruit out of their garden, when all the while it's this hemlock, spiritually speaking. Verse 5, the inhabitants of Samaria shall fear because of the calves of beth Now, those are the calves that Jeroboam set up. Those, the one, the, the two that he set up, the golden calves that he said, y'all don't have to go all the way back to Jerusalem to worship at God's temple. You remember, these cows brought you out of Egypt. Come on right on over here and worship these cows because he was too prideful and he was scared that the 10 northern tribes, if they figured out that Jerusalem was doing still so good, he thought, well, they'll just want to go back to that and I'm the king now. I want to have full control. So he led his people into that idolatry. For the people thereof shall mourn over it, and the priests thereof that rejoiced on it, for the glory thereof, because it is departed from it. All this stuff that looks so holy, all this stuff that just looked, I mean, it, so put yourself future time. The Antichrist is here looking like the lamb slain. He looked, he, he will, as it says in Revelation, he looks just like the lamb, but he speaks as a dragon. He is the greatest con artist ever, and he's very smart. So think about it this way, right? So we're in the flesh. Being born in the flesh, that means that our memory has been erased from what has happened. That's why we study this word to try to gain the knowledge that we might be able to defend ourselves against the spiritual attacks that are happening now and that are only going to increase. Satan has never been born in the flesh. His memory has never been wiped. He knows everything that has ever happened. And God said in Ezekiel that he was made the full package, both in beauty and wisdom. And people think, or they'll go around and say, oh, well, the devil, you know, he's, he's just stupid. He's a loser. He's stupid. No, he's not. He's cunning. Adam and Eve walked with God, and he still beguiled them. That's how slick he is. Verse 6, It shall be also carried unto Assyria for a present to King Jerob. Ephraim, shall receive shame, and Israel shall be ashamed of his own counsel. They're going to wake up. Future sense here. When Christ returns, and all those who have gone after their little idols, that being the Antichrist, that being the world government, that they're just going to be, oh, look at this, it's so holy because there's peace everywhere. It's got to be Christ. And they've just fallen right in line, and that's, that's those that will say, to Christ, well, we healed in your name, and we cast out demons in your name. And he'll say, get out from around me. I never knew you. Because they never took the time to figure out, is this really the Christ, or is this the Antichrist? Verse 7, as for Samaria, her king is cut off as the foam upon the water. As foam upon the water, this is a pretty interesting thing here. Basically, you can think of like a white cap out on a lake, or as the tides roll in and out on the ocean, the, that foam that's there and then is there for just a minute, and then it dissipates. But if you dig a little deeper, you find out that this foam is made by basically the, the plants that are rotting. 
and it causes this natural surfactant, basically, this, this, these bubbles. And it's basically the rotting of these animal, of these plants and such, this habitat that's in the water is being cast out in this surfactant. So this king that is standing up so high and mighty, this earthly king, is going to be spit right out of the water. Now, remember, sim- symbolism, sim- symbolically, what is the water? The living water is Christ. All this foam, all this decay, all this dead stuff will be cast out. Verse 8, The high places also of Aven, the sin of Israel, shall be destroyed. The thorn and the thistle shall come up on their altars, and they shall say to the mountains, Cover us, and to the hills fall on us. When Christ returns and everybody sees that they've been following the wrong one, that they have fallen wholeheartedly, thinking that they've been doing what's right, just knowing without a shadow of a doubt that they're following the true Christ, Back there, you know, toting their Bibles around, never really opening them, never, never really studying in anything, but just know for a fact they have a gut feeling. They feel it. And then the true Christ shows up and catches them red-handed. That's why they'll be so ashamed. That's why they'll ask the mountains to fall over. They're trying to get the earth to cover up for them. Verse 9, O Israel, thou hast sinned from the days of Gibeah, now, this Gibeah, if you'll remember back to Judges, this is when the priest, he got married, and his wife got homesick, and she kind of run off for a little bit, he went back home to get her, and he stayed there a few days and was coming back. They were on their journey back to Jerusalem. And they stopped in Gibeah, which was a city in the, the tribe of Benjamin, and they were, the men of that town were so perverted that they came and they wanted to take the priest to themselves. And it, I don't quite understand it, but I guess it was a custom then. The priest put his wife out there, and they killed her because they didn't want the wife. They wanted the man, about like Sodom and Gomorrah. And it turned out that all the tribes of Israel came up against them and almost killed every man in Benjamin. Without Benjamin, you wouldn't have had Saul or Paul, both the King Saul or Paul of the New Testament. Paul was also a Benjamite. And what he's saying here is, you know, you sinned back then and and you hadn't stopped. You would think that slaughter would have made you change your mind a little bit, but you didn't. Continuing on, there they stood, the battle in Gibeah against the children of iniquity, did not overtake them. It is in my desire that I should chastise them, and the people shall be gathered against them when they shall bind themselves in their two furrows. So they're just going to be walking hand in hand, plowing this field. They're not taking that yoke that Christ said, here, take home my yoke, and it'll, it'll make your burden easier, Right? He gives you that gift of peace. No, no, no. They're wanting to do it the hard way. 
They're wanting to be, oh, I'm, 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 I'm man. I can do that. I don't need God. Here, team up with me. Let, let's, let's hoe this row right quick. And Ephraim, verse 11, and Ephraim is as an heifer that is taught and loveth to tread out the corn. But I passed over upon her fair neck, and I will make Ephraim to ride. Judah shall plow, and Jacob shall break his clods. Now, there's quite a bit in this, and it goes back to the yoke that pass over upon the neck of that cow or that heifer is to put the yoke on her. And Judah shall plow and Jacob. You got to notice that he used Jacob here, not Israel. But it is put figuratively for Ephraim. But whenever you see Jacob, it's talking about all of the tribes, not just the 10 northern tribes and not just the two Judah and Benjamin that stayed in the south. All of them shall break his clods. Verse 12, Sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. He said, all you got to do is call out. Just let me help you do the work. Go ahead and, and you know, you, you reap what you sow. So sow righteousness. And in that righteousness, and, and what is righteousness? You know, it's not like a you walk around with your nose up hoping it don't rain because you're going to drown type of thing. You're a little better than everybody. Righteousness is just trying to do what's right. Doing the right thing is righteousness. A lot of people get caught up in the righteous acts that they talk about in Revelation. You know, a righteous act can be as little as opening a door for somebody. If you think somebody's having a bad day, just, hey, how are you doing? Just having a little conversation. A smile. You know, just a pat on the back. That's a righteous work. Everybody thinks it's got to be above and beyond. And nowadays, with all the internet and the social media, it's, it's gone haywire. Let's see. Uh, okay, continuing on. Break up your fallow ground. Oh, we got that. Verse 13. Ye have plowed wickedness, and ye have reaped iniquity, and ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou didst trust in thy way, in the multitude of thy mighty men. He said, you didn't trust in me, and you did all this. But remember the verse before. He said, go ahead and start sowing that righteousness, and you'll get mercy. Verse 14. Therefore shall a, tum a tumult arise among thy people, and all thy fortresses shall be spoiled, as Shalman spoiled Beth Arbel in the day of battle. The mother was dashed in pieces upon her children, so shall Bethel do unto you because of your great wickedness. In a morning shall the king of Israel utterly be cut off. So this Bethel, this is house of God. What he's saying here is whenever he comes back, those who were following the Antichrist, they're going to be cut off in that instant, right then. And what is this cut off? You've got to remember the seventh trump... When Christ returns, as soon as his foot steps on the mountain, boom, we are in our spiritual body. In Zechariah chapter 14, it kind of goes in depth on this. And it says that basically 
the skin will melt off. The flesh will melt off of the spiritual body. And there we'll be standing in our spiritual bodies. And this this being cut off is they will either go to the good side of paradise, which would not be cut off, but they'd go to the good side of the gulf, or they'd be cut off from Christ and that bosom of Abraham and be set on the other side of the gulf for the millennium, for that thousand-year reign of Christ. And the king that will be utterly cut off is that type, that not that type, but that position or that office of Antichrist that Satan feels that is immediately cast down, that and the false prophet. Remember, those two are immediately shed of. They're gone at the seventh trump. Verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Oh, that's, you think, think to the time of Christ on that. They had to run into Egypt. Christ, Mary, uh, Joseph and Mary had to run into Egypt with Christ because Herod was trying to kill all of the firstborns because he wanted to be king. Here we go with that wickedness some more. Although they weren't Israelites, they were still that wickedness, that, that glimmer of that serpent's doctrine in there, trying to do away with the line of Christ all the way down to the time that Christ was born. Verse 2, as they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam and burned incense to graven images. There they go. Verse 3, I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by their arms. But they knew not that I healed them. What are you saying? I was leading them. He, he picked them up and was carrying them. And they wouldn't even acknowledge it. They had to set up some cows. Right? He led them out of Egypt with Moses, following the pillar of fire at night and the pillar of smoke during the day. Led them step for step, gave them everything they wanted, got irritated with them quite a bit. But still, they survived, and they continued to worship these calves and these graven images and anything. Oh, this rock looks funny. Let's go worship this rock. Whoa, look at the way that tree was grown. Let's go worship this tree. It must be special. They're worshiping the creation and not the creator. Verse 4. I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love, and I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws, and I laid meat unto them. So I'm doing everything to them. Let's take this spiritually also, that meat. He laid the meat to them. He's given them this deeper truth, the meat of this word. Going in depth, trying every step of the way to guide them. Verse 5, He shall not return into the land of Egypt, but the Assyrian shall be his king because they refuse to return. You see, at this point, they were trying to make a deal with Egypt uh, for their army to come over. Instead of trusting in God, again, they were trying to trust in their mighty men and in Egypt. And this hurt God. Because he's looking at his children down here going, Hey, look, I, man, I've been leading you. I've given you everything you wanted. Just ask. 
if you will turn to me, I will not allow the Assyrian to take you. And instead of turning to God, they turned to Egypt. So he's saying, that's fine. That's cool. You want to go to Egypt? I'm sorry for you. You're fixing to go north. The Syrians are going to come over, take everything you got. You're going north. Verse 6, And the sword, the sword shall abide on his cities and shall consume his branches and devour them because of their own counsels. And my people are bent to backsliding from me. Though they called them to the Most High, none at all would exalt him. They, you know, they just snuff at it. You know, look around the world today. Take America, for example, right now. This, this podcast happens to get all the way around the world. But take America as an example. It, people joke whenever somebody says, well, let's pray about it. And they just laugh. They giggle about it. They don't take it serious. And then they wonder why we're where we're at right now with, as it says in Isaiah, children running the company, the, the country. The minds of children are up here running the country. All they care about is themselves. They're not looking out for the people because they're men. They're flesh. It's time to turn back to God and to see what God has to say about it and to trust in God and to focus on Him. Verse 8. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zeboim? Mine heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man. What he's saying right there is men, flesh, whenever we get upset, whenever we get hurt, there is... Even if it's just for a moment, a little hint of, I want revenge. I want that other to hurt as bad as I hurt. I want them to feel what I feel right now. Even if it's just for a second, just a, just a little fleeting glimpse. And God's saying, I'm not like that. They have hurt me continuously and still to this day hurt our Father. But he's not man. He forgives. And he don't forgive and hold on to it. It's wiped clean. It's gone. Done away with. He says, don't even remind me of it. Don't even talk to me about it again. Once you repent and you ask forgiveness, don't ever bring it up. Continuing on, the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. He's not going to come in as an enemy. He's not going to come in to... See, how can I put this? Slap some people upside the head. He's going to come in, and immediately, those that ask the mountains to fall on them are going to know. Man, we screwed up. Look at this. 
And those who intentionally did it are going to go, oh, no. <laughs> well, the party's over. We're in trouble now. That's those 7,000 that die immediately at the seventh trump. That's the raphium, the fallen angels. Immediately when Christ returns, those 7,000 are gone. Christ, the, Satan is the only one named in the Bible that is destined to die. But there are also 7,000 raphium or rapha who are destined to die. Those are the ones that instead of following God's plan and coming through woman, see, and this is a thing that, that people get mixed up a lot. They say to be born again. That word, if you look at that, take your, take your Strong's Concordance, go in the Greek, and see what it is that again, see what it is to be born again. That again is from above. Well, where were we before we were in our mother's womb? We were with God. God's plan was for us to be born from above, in the water that is in that womb, and into this flesh. And those fallen angels, those that went back with Satan and followed his plan in the days of Noah, and who will return, as Paul states, and just as Christ stated whenever he said, it will be just as in the days of Noah, before his return. They will be given and taken in marriage. Who were they given and taken in marriage to back then? The fallen angels. It was their decision not to be born of woman and to just basically spit in God's face. So he said, that's fine. That's cool. But it's seventh trump. That's it. You better party hard because it's over then. Verse 10. They shall walk after the Lord, and he shall roar like a lion. When he shall roar... Then the children shall tremble from the west. They shall tremble as a bird out of Egypt and as a dove out of the land of Assyria. And I will place them in their houses, saith the Lord. Ephraim compass me about with lies and the house of Israel with deceit. But Judah yet ruleth with God and is faithful with the saints. So, what we see here is, at this point, Judah hadn't given up yet. And you could really look at this whenever it says, and is faithful with the saints. It's God's elect right there that aren't deceived, that aren't captivated by this Antichrist, that know the true word, that know the plan of God, and, in all honesty, are looking forward to that fight, spiritual fight. It's not like we're going to be walking around throwing hands or anything. But a spiritual fight. Looking forward to that battle. Because it's not we that speak. It's not the elect that speaks. But it's God who speaks through them. All right, let's get into chapter 12 a little bit. Chapter 12 and verse 1. Ephraim feedeth on wind and followeth after the east wind. He daily increaseth lies and desolation, and they do make a covenant with the Assyrians, and all is carried into Egypt. So this feedeth on the wind. The neat thing here is that the wind can also mean spirit. It's ruach. What are they feeding on here? They're not feeding on God's spirit. They're feeding on this false spirit that's going around, this earthly spirit. Well, who's the spirit of the air? 
That, that should tell you right there. They are doing what's wrong. They're making deals with all these around. The Assyrian also is another name for Satan. He has many, many names. Verse 2. The Lord hath also a controversy with Judah and will punish Jacob, that's the entirety of the tribes, according to his ways, according to his doings, will he recompense him. He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. Now this is historically we're talking about in Genesis when Jacob wrestled the angel all night. The angel of the Lord wrestled with him all night. And Jacob held on to him. And sun was coming up. And the angel of the Lord said, hey, look, you got to let me go. I got to go. Sun's coming up. It's time for me to go back. And he said, no, 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 no. I need a blessing. We're going to keep on wrestling. I need a blessing. And the angel of the Lord reached down and knocked his hip out of socket. And he said, no longer will you be called Jacob, but Israel. The contender, not the supplanter, but the contender. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. Verse 5, even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial. Therefore turn thou to thy God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait on thy God continually. Don't jump the gun. Don't follow that first one. Don't think the sixth is the seventh, but wait. I say this a lot to a bunch of different people, but if there's still prescription pills or if you can paint yourself and it's still, you've got blood in there, or if you can still injure your flesh, Christ ain't here yet. It's not the true Christ. It's very easy kind of common sense way to check those. You see this one claiming to be Christ? Kind of reach down there and pick and paint yourself. If you still got blood flowing through them veins, you're not in your spiritual body, it's not truly Christ. All right, we'll pick it back up in verse 7 in the next study. God bless y'all. You have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like answered on the podcast, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691, or you can email us at questions at humansundergrace.com. Thank you, and God bless you.